Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue his message, which is titled, Give Thanks. These series of messages that we're going to cover over the next few weeks centers around the theme of giving thanks to God in response to his great love for us. The text for this message can be found in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17. In today's episode, Pastor Chuck will begin in verse number 6. So if you have your Bibles, please turn over to Colossians 3, verse 6, right now, and we'll join in with Pastor Chuck. Pick me up in verse 6 there. He says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Then he says, abounding in thanksgiving. Here we see the cause and we're going to see the effect that that what Christ has done for us. That's the cause. He loved us. And out of that, there's an effect that it should have on us. We should receive that good news and the effect of it is to respond. And so he says, listen, the cause is Christ has redeemed us. Christ is the one who established, excuse me, established us in the faith just as we were taught. And here's the effect. You are bound in thanksgiving. Then verse 8, he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of, of the deity dwells in bodily form, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Now listen to this in verses 13 and 14. It was already getting good. He was setting up the argument that it's not by your works that you can boast. You didn't save yourself. You didn't clean yourself up. You didn't heal yourself from all those. You didn't forgive all your iniquities. You weren't healed from all diseases as Psalm 103 tells us. Watch this. He says this in verse 13. He continues on to say, and you who were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. That should encourage somebody right there. God has forgiven us all our trespasses. Why? How did he do it? By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. By, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Oh, we're getting that done with its legal demands. It was, it was, oh, we'll get into that another time. We'll, we'll have to break that down another day. This, he said, this is what we'll have to do in the after party. We'll have to talk about that. That is so good with his legal This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is the cause, the cause. He did not want us to be held captive by by the debt that we had because of the legal demands by our sin and our rebellious ways, by our disobedient postures, by our disobedient actions. The Lord did not want us to be held in a pool. In a pool of debt, debt that we could not swim our way out of. We could not get us. We were drowning in that pool of debt. And Christ came to cancel our debt. He came, he came to, in that pool, he came to remove all of those drowning waters away from us. And here we are. Now, 
Not only did he redeem us, not only did he, did he pull us out of those murky waters, those waters that were drowning us when we were polluted in our own sin, polluted in our own blood when we were in that place. He, he came for us. He pulled us out of those murky waters. And then not only did he pull us out of there, then he went and he disarmed the rulers and authorities by putting them to open shame. Showing that he is the victorious one, that he is the conqueror. And now because of him, according to Romans, now we realize that through Christ, we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. So here's what I want to do from that, from that understanding. We hear the cause. He loved us. He came to redeem us and pay our sin debt. And because of that, right, that's the cause. Here's the effect. The effect should be hearts of gratitude. It should be actively giving him thanks for all that he has done for us. But most importantly, who he is to us and for us. He's Jesus. He's the Christ. He is our Lord and Savior. So here, here it is. It's just three questions, a few questions that are actually going to serve as our points for understanding. It's three questions that we're going to use as our points for understanding. Here's the first question. First one is this. What is Thanksgiving? Okay, Pastor, he talking about Thanksgiving, here about gratitude, but what does that mean? Thanksgiving, excuse me, is this. Thanksgiving is this. It is a spiritual discipline to remind us of who the true and living God is and what he has done and continues to do for his children. You hear that? It's a spiritual discipline, right, to remind us of who the true and living God is and what he has done and continues to do for his children. I'm saying this throughout the whole time we've been uh, in this word so far. It is a spiritual discipline to remind us of who the true and living God is and what he has done and continues to do for us. It is a way, listen to this, highlight this, write this down, put this in your notes. You probably see it on the screen. Here it is. It's a way of accessing the grace of God by appreciating the gift of God. It's a way of accessing the grace of God by appreciating the gift of God. It's not the only way to access the grace of God, but it is a way of accessing the grace of God by appreciating the gift of God. Psalm 103, you heard me say that before. It says, bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul and forget not all his benefits. He's the one who heals all our diseases. He's the one who forgives all our iniquities. He's the one who has redeemed our souls from the pit. We are remembering in that moment, according to Psalm 103, who the true and living God is and what he has done and continues to do for us. And so we're by doing that, by blessing the Lord, oh my soul, by having hearts of gratitude, souls of gratitude. We're appreciating him for who he is and what he has done. We're giving him thanks. We're modeling this. We're displaying this. We're conducting ourselves in this manner by blessing in his holy name. That's the effect that the cause of his salvation has had on us. Let's go deeper for our understanding. Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. Need you to understand it. Let's go deeper in this because I want you to understand the cause and the effect it should be having on us. Verse 20 of Romans chapter 1 says this. For his invisible attributes, 
namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. Listen, if you look out and you see the trees, you hear the wind blowing, uh, you feel the cool of this fall weather, you see the beautiful colors of the air, you look and you see the clouds in the sky, you see the pretty blue sky, even the rain, even uh, the way things have been made and created, all of creation testifies of his glory. And so that's what the Apostle Paul said. If you just look outside, you can see all of the Lord's invisible attributes. And all of those things point to a glorious, righteous, holy, and just God. So he says, listen, they were made without excuse. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Listen to that verse one more time. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Family, it's easy for us to put our weight, our glory, our trust, our hope and faith in the created thing versus the creator of those things. And if we'll be honest about ourselves, we have put the weight on the created things more than we have put weight on the creator. I, I, no, listen, listen to what it says. It says, listen, and claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Listen, family, we can create structures. We can put more hope and stock in. Listen, some of us, let's be honest, some of us have put more stock in man, mortal man, as it relates to this election. We're figuring out whoever we put in office is going to be the one who's going to be our, our savior. They're going to institute some form of salvation, some form of redemption, some form of reconciliation, some form of restoration here in our world. No, 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 no. We're all, we're putting glory, we're ascribing glory to a man, not the immortal God who has saved us and redeemed us. Some of us, family... Put more stock in in, in, uh, uh, in natural things. Some of us put more stock in technology. We'll, we'll spend more time focusing on that and we'll lean into technology. We'll spend more time with gadgets and things of that nature, games and the like. We'll put more glory on those things than we will on the creator of those things. It talks about animals here and creeping things. Some of us put more glory, put more weight and care and the responsibility on our souls, on our animals, on our dogs or our cat or our fish or whatever, then we do the immortal God who created those animals for our pleasure, for our good. So we will put more stock, we'll put more glory. And so what the, what the word of God is telling us, although we knew God, although we know God, family, it's very likely that we have veered over into the wrong lane. And we have ascribed more glory. We have given more honor to man. We've given more honor to technology. We've given more honor to our pets and things of the like, our finances, our education, our degrees and like, more so than we have given it to God who has redeemed us from sin and death. The Apostle Paul says that should not be true of us. And so what gratitude does, what thanksgiving does, it helps us to remain in his presence and it helps us to remain with the understanding of that he is Lord and beside him there is no other. So giving thanks to God, watch this, listen to this, 
Giving thanks to God is what honors him and humbles us. Let me say that again. You need to write that in your notes. Uh, good students take notes. As my, as my brother and pastor, he says all the time, he says, listen, giving thanks to God is what honors him and it humbles us. Everything we have from him is a gift. Every good, watch the scripture says, every good and perfect gift comes from him. Everything we have from him is a gift, including and most importantly, our relationship with him. Listen with this, uh, uh, what this, what this believer has said about this. He says, listen, a life of faith is a life of gratitude. It means a life in which I am willing to experience my complete dependence upon God and to praise and thank him unceasingly for the gift of being. Bible says it's in him that we live and move and we have our being. He's the one who has given us life as we just read in these scriptures. And because of that, a life of faith is supposed to be a life of gratitude. It means that we have a life in which I am willing to experience my complete dependence upon God and to praise and thank him unceasingly for the gift of being. This leads us to our second understanding, our second question for our understanding. Why? Why do we give thanks to God? Well, look back in chapter 3 uh, of Colossians, verses 1 through 4. Hear the cause again. I want you to hear the cause and the subsequent effect that we're supposed to have. Here's the cause of this. Verse 1, since then you have been raised with Christ. He's raised you up. You're, you're, he's a risen king, so you're his risen children. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. And he's seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Watch this, family. Here's why we give thanks to God. Letter A, letter B, and letter C. Three reasons why. Here's the first thing. We give thanks to God for who he is and for who he is to us. Verse four here, when Christ, watch this, the Bible declares Christ is your life. According to verse four, Colossians three, chapter uh, three, Colossians three, verse four reads this. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. We give glory to him. We give thanks to him. We are grateful to him because not only has he given us life, he is our life. Uh, Psalm 23 verse 1 says the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want some translation said the Lord is our shepherd and we don't lack anything in him that what's, what does that mean that means our total dependence on him but we have life in him he says in John 10 the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly not only does he give us life he is our life he is our life. Here's the second thing. Let her be that I want us to see from that. Let her be. We give thanks to God, not only for who he is and for who he is to us. We bless God. We thank God. We're grateful to God for what he has given us. John 3, famous passage of scripture in John chapter 3 says, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his world, his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen, family, we are thankful for the gift of everlasting life that we have received in Christ Jesus. He did every, He lived a perfect and sinless life. 
He took, he took all of the punishment, all of the shame. He took the full wrath of God. He drank the full bitter cup so that we would receive the better in him. And that's why you hear me say all the time, in order to understand the better in him, we need to understand the bitter in us. Romans chapter 1, we just heard that, tells us again, for they knew God, but they did not honor and give thanks to God. And we decided that the created thing was better than the creator. Where, family? Where? Think for a minute. Where have we put more weight, more glory on the created thing versus than the creator of those things? Think about it for a second. He's given us life and life more abundantly. He gave us his first and his best. So that's why not only should we be a, a, a body of believers who are grateful, but we should also be a body of believers who are generous. The Lord God the Father gave us God the Son, his first and his best. His first and his best. He was very generous with us. He gave us his best. His only begotten son. That whoso. He gave us all of himself. And he just asked for us to give a portion. A portion back to him. A portion. A portion. A tithe. A tithe. He just calls for a portion of it. And we, we, we tend to be uh, uh, so um, demanding of more from him. And then we act like he can't demand more for us. The Bible tells us we're supposed to be a living sacrifice. All of us should be willing to surrender because he gave us all of himself. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www. Dot rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck wraps up this message entitled, Give Thanks. 